Smile High Magazine, Murphy Houston, and we're doing our weekly check-in with Dr. John Douglas of Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC, and about what's happening around Colorado. And joining me is my friend from Dr. Cog, the Area Agency on Aging, is Jayla Sanchez-Warren. Jayla, you're doing well today? Doing well today, in the office today. Wow, what happened? I know. Just needed a change of pace, to be honest with you. Well, they finally took the bars off the doors down there, huh? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. It's hard to get in, though. It's really hard to get in. you got to... Do all sorts of things. Yeah, especially wear a mask, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, wear a mask and yeah, <laughs> temperature check, and we have all sorts of protocols going on here. Well, that's what the way the future is right now, and uh, it's going to be that way for a while. So say our boss friend here, Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC. Dr. Douglas, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine, Mark. Uh, uh, having a good summer and uh, keeping up the good fight. Well, and that's exactly what it is. So how how is the COVID situation in the fine state of Colorado? Are we holding our own? Well, I, I, we're holding our own. I think we honest, it's fair to say in the last couple of weeks we've lost ground. Um, I don't think it's an unexpected loss, but it's um, and it's not as bad as it could have been, but it's, 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 things are in less good shape than they were a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just to break that down, um, we've seen a, in the last... Uh, Five weeks or so, we've seen about a threefold increase in cases across Colorado, and we've seen about that same rate of increase in my counties, my three counties, our three counties, and the metro area. So it's been pretty consistent. Uh, when we started to see that increase happen, we sort of buckled our seatbelts and got worried it might turn into a Florida, Texas, Arizona kind of situation with uh, more people getting sick, more hospitalizations, more deaths. Knock on wood, we've seen um, somewhat of an increase in hospitalizations, but not sustained, and we haven't yet seen an increase in death, which is really great. So, um, nonetheless, that increase in cases has got us worried. Um, I think, frankly, part of why we haven't seen the other bad stuff is that we've got such a great climate. We can spend more of our time outdoors. You don't have to hunker down in a bar, an air-conditioned bar, you can be out on the patio and, and ideally socially distant. Um, so we're being careful. I will say that that increase, even without the hospitalizations, has got our schools understandably concerned. And we're seeing more and more of them make the decision that they ought to delay opening, which I think, given the status of the epidemic, probably makes sense. I'm disappointed to see that because um, I really believe that getting our kids back in school is good for their education, good for their health, but we need to do it in a safe way. Well, from what I can tell, uh, Dr. John, is that not all the schools are delaying yet so far. You know, my daughter teaches at Cherry Creek, and I know you work real close with Cherry Creek schools, and they're making an announcement, let's see, they're probably on Monday or Tuesday, their final determination, but it looks like they're just going to kind of Spend days at home, spend days in the schools. Does that sound right? This is Cherry Creek I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, I know Cherry Creek very well. I've been working very closely with them. I think they've taken a very smart approach to this. And I actually think what they've done, um, I don't know what the final analysis is going to be, but at least at one point in the past few days they were talking about having the younger kids, K through 5, come back pretty much full time and having the older kids do what you just suggested. I don't know what age group your daughter teaches but having them in the schools less often. And I think the logic of that was we, we, we increasingly know younger kids transmit virus less effectively. They're not going to get sick themselves as much. 
and you're not going to transmit as much to other people. And they probably benefit more by being in a classroom than older students do. So I think it's a smart move. And I think the other smart move that Cherry Creek is doing is laying out some specific parameters for what it means for the schools to be open and what it means when things get bad enough that the schools ought to close down. And so I, 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 I applaud them for doing that, and I've been uh, trying to share their uh, approach with other districts as well. So, um, And it may be that others will take that uh, approach, Murph, but I, I, I do think many of them are looking at the uh, looking at the rates and, and, frankly, listening to their teachers who are concerned. Um, you know, the, the schools are operating with a reduced budget. Um, there have been attempts to try to get more federal funding to them for better protective environments, and our, our congressional deliberations are kind of stuck. And, you know, that trickles down to making our schools more stuck. So it's a it's a mixed situation right now. What do you think about that, Jayla? It's, I'm living it uh, just like many people. You know, I have a daughter that's in middle school, and we're trying to figure out what to do. It's scary. Sometimes I question the, the, the thought of why expose the kids to just a couple of days of school. I understand the socialization need. Trust me, I understand it. My daughter's going crazy. Um, she's bored. Um, but it feels it feels weird to expose a kid for a couple of days and then bring them home and then, you know, send them back to school too. I can't, I can't figure out what the right solution is for us. I mean, I, I, I can sympathize with parents. And then what are the implications of her seeing our grandparents? You know, am I, am I even increasing again, understanding both of my stepdad and my mom are cancer survivors, recent cancer survivors. Um, you know, and she goes to school and then I take her over to visit her grandparents is that, you know, am I exposing her? Is, is she not going to get to see her grandparents who she's really, really close with for, you know, the whole school year? It's, I don't know what to do. It's really Jaylen, challenging. Are, it's super challenging. And, and you just pointed out a couple of really important parameters. Um, and I guess the question is, as we sort of think about, you know, to me, the whole uh, issue with all of these tough decisions we're making has been trying to find as good a balance as possible. There is no perfect balance. There is no setting in which we won't have risk. We're just about to launch a new communication campaign from our health department called Life with COVID. It's actually Life with COVID Phase 2 because we already had a Phase 1. But it, but the notion is we until we get broader herd immunity with the best pathway to that being a vaccine, we're just going to be stuck dealing with these really big trade-offs. Yeah. And, and, and understanding just what you said, exposure of kids to their grandparents, that's bad. Not having kids in school, that's bad. Not having parents be able to go to work, that's bad. Having uh, disease transmission in the community, that's bad. And and what's the best way to find the sweet spot or the sweetest possible stop uh, uh, spot to balance all those uh, problematic things, I think, is the challenge. Well, it, it, I guess it's a, because it's such an unknown factor, Dr. John, that we're facing right now with this COVID as we go back to school. You come up with a game plan, I guess, like all along the way since COVID's really taken over our lives, and you try it, and if it doesn't work, you you back off, right? Well, I, I actually think, Murph, we, we really have to do that. We've really got to do careful trial and error. We've got to try some stuff, but we've got to try some stuff that doesn't you know get us off the deep end and that we can back up and, and recuperate. And honestly, that's why I think what 
Cherry Creek Schools has outlined is a pretty good approach. Let's try it. Let's look at metrics in the community. Let's have a plan B that we can implement really fast. It will not be perfect. <laughs> Nothing that we've figured out so far is perfect. Right. It strikes me as a reasonable approach. Uh, uh, try something cautiously. Be prepared to adjust if it's not working. Well, I think, Jalen, tell me if you agree, all these school districts, whether it's Jeffco or DPS or Cherry Creek or whoever, they all have a different idea of what to do. They're all going to try different things. One of them is going to work and one of them is going to not work, and I guess maybe you just follow the one that works, you think? You know, I think I, I think that's the, the phase that we're in. You know, it feels, and I think what's challenging about that is that we don't know what's going to work. And, and the challenge is, is that, you know, when we talk about failure, failure could mean illness for people, but could also mean, like, God, if I screw up and my parents get it, that could kill them. And, and those are big consequences. I mean, that's not just like a little screw up. That is like a huge, humongous screw up that I, I don't know how right. I would live with, right? Um, yeah, you're right. Well, I do want to, uh, even Cherry Creek, I think it's important to point out, has got for families where there are individuals themselves or as in your family where there's relationships where there could be risk, there is a remote learning option. So yeah. it's not a, it's not a, everybody has to go back and do the right. same thing. You're right. right. There is an but option. It's like someone loses in that, right? Either my parents lose seeing their grandchildren, my daughter, or my daughter loses seeing them, uh, or, or she loses the socialization and the normalness of school. It's like there's no win-win scenario that you said. And so I do, I see, I see the benefit of a mixture, but I, I think we're just going to have to take it a day at a time. And that's what really it is. It's a day at a time trying to figure all this stuff out. And, you know, Jill, I just want to say I think it's so important that people like you are being champions for different parts of our community. Um, we got people championing kids and people championing teachers and people championing uh, essential grocery store workers and healthcare workers. You know, what your organization does is really champion the needs of our uh, older citizens in our community, which I think is just so critical because this is a – it's a, it's a, uh, it, it, it is cooperative in that we need to be working together, but honestly, it is somewhat competitive in terms of trade offs. Yeah. I think we've got to have voices for each of the groups that can be impacted. Yeah, and it's just, I think it's important. You know, it, it, this impacts everybody in different ways. It's just that older adults tend to die at a higher rate when they get it. And, um, it, not for everybody. I mean, we've seen a 104-year-old survive it, a 107-year-old survivor. You know, I love those. I post those all over my Facebook um, because I think it's great. Um, but the statistics show that there is a higher um, death rate for people who get it when they're older. And so that's something that we just have to be aware of. And, and nobody intends it. Um, it's just what it, this virus does. And um, you should live your life. You should just take precautions. And um, I think I'm just hyper aware because I, I'm, I'm dealing with it. That's all I do all day long is COVID, COVID, just like you. Um, and so you get a hypersensitiveness to it. And maybe... Um, a little more extreme fear. Um, I and my mom's like, "Don't worry, don't worry," but I worry. <laughs> oh, sure you are. Come on, come on you're human. Yeah, and, and it seems like, 
And, and Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health is with us again for a COVID update. It's not like we've forgotten about the seniors, but when the focus has switched so much to younger people and what they're doing, it's kind of like the seniors got it figured out. Let's leave them alone and focus and get these young people on board. But we haven't forgotten about the seniors, but they're still out there, right? Absolutely. They're still out there. And, and you know, underscore 18 times what Jayla said about there being a greater risk. We just cannot forget that. It's, it's really essential. And, uh, We've got to got to keep that because they are the ones they are the brunt of the ones of the hundred and over one hundred forty thousand people who died in our nation far greater than anybody predicted at the beginning. They're the ones that are born the brunt of it. So, got to continue to keep them first and foremost in mind. Well, a question I have for you, Dr. John Douglas, is how about the mask wearing? It seems to me, and I'm not out that much, but when we do go out occasionally to run some store errands or whatever, I see almost everybody wearing a mask. Is that picking up, and is that helping the spread of the COVID in Colorado? Yeah, Murph, I'm really glad you said that. We've we've spent a lot of uh, effort trying to encourage mask wearing, and then over the last couple of weeks to mandate it, the governor put out a mandate. Uh, it is definitely improving. I mean, nobody's got a perfect system for monitoring it, although the kind of comment you just made is highly consistent with what we're seeing. We have a team of volunteers that go to big stores across our three counties with a clipboard sitting in a parking lot for half an hour uh, just checking uh, on what the clientele is doing, walking into the store. And we saw dramatic increases between the week before the governor issued his public health order to just this past week. We've got in all three of our counties, 93, 95, and 96% of people wearing masks. Now, this is not an everybody-perfect scientific survey, but we think it's a pretty good sample of not what people claim to be doing, but what they're actually observed to be doing. And we believe, based on uh, studies from other states, that when you get that degree of people wearing masks consistently, you're going to see reductions in infection. We haven't seen it definitively yet. But we're uh, we're looking uh, really eagerly to see if we're going to see those sort of results in Colorado. And I do think this is right now one of the best things we can be doing. It's probably one of the biggest arrows in our quiver to try to keep things under control. I agree. Dr. John Douglas, Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC, has been fighting the battle all along here and doing a great job. We appreciate you coming on every week with us, John, and keep fighting the battle, my friend. All right, Murph. Jayla, Thanks, Dr. Well. Uh, enjoy being back at work, and uh, we'll talk, talk soon. Yeah, Thanks. don't don't sneak off on any more vacations, John. you got work to do here, okay? Gee, great. All right. See you, buddy. We'll talk All to you right. next week. Thanks, Dr. John. Appreciate it. Jayla, appreciate having you on today. Mile High Magazine, enjoy your weekend. Wear your mask, please. Stay separated, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next week. It's Murphy Houston.